This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your hosts. Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends. There's live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have all the sports. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% Welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online and it's where the game starts. Kyle, a very, and I mean very happy National Mathematics Day to you. Oh, mm. would you look at that? Happy National Mathematics Day to the crew here. Draft dudes do math. You want to you know how much I love doing math? I recorded yesterday's locked on dolphins on wednesday morning and got math wrong and said draft dudes do math out loud on locked on dolphins oh and didn't even bother to try to correct it i realized like five seconds afterwards what i had said and i was like just not a math guy guys it just kept rolling i was like i'm not even gonna try to correct this or walk it back so yeah i'm very much in the weeds on the mathematics the uh the numbers people as dave gettleman would call them uh Happy National Mathematics Day to all the numbers people and computer people out there in the world because I don't think we qualify. Enjoy we your though. day. Figure out all the, the equations you want out there. We'll we'll be over here struggling with uh, basic arithmetic, but uh, yeah. you know, shout out to those two people. Two plus two equals Our brother's five. one of those people. He's like, he's like, I just love it. No, David? Frank. Frank's like, you know what? Yeah, he really? loves me. He's a dork. He's a finance major and all this. He just loves math and He'll tell me, he's like, you know what? I just love that there's a there's an exact way to do it. There's a right answer. There's a process that you can follow, and you will get the right answer. <laughs> like, okay, bud. Wait, wait. Wait, you know oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, this is the first ahead, I'm learning Chris. of this. We have somebody in the close orbit of draft dudes yeah. that has a background in math, and we can't use that person to help us out? Like, we've never gone down this path of, like, what are we supposed to do? Call them in? We're in the middle of a podcast, and an unprovoked phone moment a friend. happens. It's like, who wants to be yes, a millionaire? If, if phone I, a friend. Just tell Frank to always be sitting by his I computer. If I knew this was an option, we would have the bit ready to go where we would just call <laughs> Frank and ask him the math. Yes. I, he listens to the podcast, so he'll, he'll, uh, he'll hear this. We'll see what he says back. Uh, we'll report back with an update. I'll tell you what. Frank and I don't have too much in common. 
other than we love football and we're process oriented people. Love the heck out of that. I, I love hearing that that's his thought process in, in loving math is there's a definitive, finite, correct path to do it because I'm a very process oriented individual myself. And like the people that I share my house with, my wife and my daughter, they don't care about my process at all. <laughs> wait, right? wait. <laughs> so, so my flow throughout the day, if they're home, it's game over. They, they don't care. But I care. would say Mrs. Krabs seems they, to be a very process-oriented person within her, with her oh, own um, navigations of her day. I don't know about that. It's the that. weaving together of the process. Well, right. It's, it's the integrating two processes <laughs> together. That just, it's... Um, it's an uphill battle with conflicting interests at times uh, to, to find <laughs> the common ground needed. So today on the show, uh, so I'll yeah, keep us moving here. It's my house. I'll keep us moving here. <laughs> Thanks, today on the show, Before I say something, I regret. Weekly watch list, draft dudes, underdog, money line, parlay. I've already looked at the games. We're in a lot of trouble, boys, because we haven't been doing very well, and the games aren't favorable this week. Uh, Kyle has a special project that he would like to present to the group, and we are doing a big board top five Christmas movies here on the show today on a Thursday. Loaded. All right. Uh, loaded. Watch day. list. We have games Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is uh, and Monday. Wow. And this is uh, there's three games on Christmas, which is not a very normal occurrence. Kyle, your 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 Christmas is complicated by a Dolphins game at one o'clock. Yeah, you know my my all I want for Christmas is a Dolphins dub. Now to say it now, it's, you can you guys got me stuff. Send it back. Okay. Hope you kept yeah, the receipts. Yeah. All I want is a Dolphins dub. Big game there. Um, big one tonight, Christopher P. Schubert. All I want for Christmas is a Jets <laughs> dub. If you sent me a gift, get it returned. Hope you kept your receipts. I'll send. I'll send yours back, send Chris. Back, please. I we'll make the alliance here. Get send each other's yeah, gifts. This back. is this is the biggest game of the season for the New York Jets. It is a must win. You have to have it. Um, you have to show that you can rebound from what has been a tumultuous last couple of weeks. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, you just got to have it tonight. You got to have it. You want to be considered a playoff team. You want people to take you seriously. You want to make it to where this season matters and people should have believed in what happened in the beginning of the season. You win games like tonight. So we'll see. Uh, I I don't feel very confident going in, but it's a home game and anything can happen on Thursday night. That's actually a very fun storyline I had not considered about this game is the fact that it is Zach and oh, really? Trevor yeah, just, playing against each other. Yeah, just talk other. to Jets fans about this because then they're rehashing the the wins that they had in that season mm. that stopped them from getting Trevor Lawrence. So it's been a thing all week. Don't worry. I'm very interested in Chiefs and Seahawks. Um, yeah, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's sliding big time, right? That They got – sorry to cut you off, Joe. I just realized I, I steamrolled right in there, but – emotionally I had the same that like that's a game that I definitely have circled as far as like Kansas City now you've clinched the west you almost laid a big time goose egg against Houston so you've looked vulnerable Seattle's going to be desperate um I'm also I'm I'm going to be super dialed into that game as well I can the range of possibilities seem like there's a lot that could go go down here you know that this Kansas City team is not happy with that Houston game right the way they played yeah Coming out, they're at home. We're gonna. I think we're gonna find out about both teams on Sunday, especially because the Chiefs know that between the Bengals and Bills, one of them are losing next week. So you have some, some significant right. stuff to play for here, and, and you, you don't want to be that two seed in the AFC this year. You just don't. And you have a Seattle team that hasn't played well in about a month. Yeah, 
I mean, it's been it's been a month. Even that Rams win that they had on the schedule is not a good one. They barely got through that game. They haven't played well in about a month. And if they want to hold off the Lions, who are hashtag our Lions creeping up very closely, to one of those spots, they, they yeah. need a dub. Speaking of our Lions uh, coming here to Carolina to play the Panthers, are you uh, going? It's at the same time as the Bills game, or else I I probably would uh, would would do ah. that. But we're not missing the Bills to go watch the Lions and Panthers. But obviously, a big opportunity for the Lions to get a win here, while simultaneously the Commanders are on the road against the 49ers, You know, a team that's right there in, in conversation for that wild card spot. Um, so we got some we got some good stuff here. Bengals and Patriots is kind of a do or die game for the for New England, and obviously Cincinnati doesn't want to have a hiccup there. Chris has a question. I just want to throw a game out there that I think is very intriguing for one of these teams. I I called them fraudulent on two podcasts this week. I called them fraudulent on Word Association, and then on TD and Daily, I called them fraudulent. The Cowboys-Eagles game, Jalen Hurts likely to not play in that football game, although it's kind of up in the air. They're kind of being very coy about it, but I don't think he's playing. Uh, Dallas needs this one. They, they do. If they want to be considered that top wildcard team, right? They're the five seed right now. You want, you want me to take you seriously as a team that can go on a run and win multiple road games? Three of their four losses this year are on the road. So they And I know this is a home game against the Eagles, but you go into this game, your final two games are on the road at Tennessee and at Washington. So this is a get right from what happened the last two weeks against Houston and Jacksonville. You win this game, you can set the table for two road games. So I think this is a pretty big test for this Cowboys team. So I have this one circled. Um. How many games can we honestly look at and not identify just like massive high stakes? I think that's the testament yeah. to Brown Brown Saints. Even then, the Saints are absolutely in it in that division, right? Does it not feel, and maybe this right. is because my team's now in the mix and that there's some bias here, but does it not feel like there is more up in the air and more chaos this late in the season than there has been since we've added the seventh the seventh playoff team? Yes, but I will say this: the game, the game, the who cares game of the week. I'm sorry, it's Denver and in uh, the Rams, the yeah, the 4:30 game. All on two Christmas. Levy Grail teams, two yeah, Levy Grail teams battling it out. The Levy Bowl, the Levy Bowl. Yeah, that's the one. Everything else has some, some implications in some way, shape, or form. Tex, uh, Texans and Titans is big for me as well. Where uh, this Titans team is reeling, the Texans are out there scratching and clawing. You want to talk about an opportunity for a team in the division to really like? stick it to them it's houston going into nashville and beating tennessee on saturday afternoon get into I that game for you, eight bucks right, so houston's on the short list of teams for the draft dudes underdog moneyline parlay because there's some t- yeah. there's some tough sledding out here this week let's get to it we got to do this oh i was gonna take the dog in jacksonville new york you, can't, you can't do it doesn't exist you sobs you sly dogs okay um, man. it's tough. It's tough, folks. We're not. This is not the week it's going to happen. We haven't done it yet. It's not going to be okay. I, listen, here's the thing, though. It cashes once. It pays for the true, whole season. True. That is true. I have mine just because I got to pick something here, and I want to beat you guys to it. I'm going Raiders. You, you, come on, <laughs> Joe. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he took the plus one. That's the one I game. was going to take. Oh well, uh, I'll take. I'll take Rams at home plus 118. Godspeed, Chris. <laughs> you guys have put me in an impossible spot here. It's impossible. Oh, man. They Seattle, don't. Even... Houston, you pick the Saints, the Bears. How about the Giants? Two cockroaches going at it's each true. other. It's true. It's the cockroach bowl. The cockroach bowl. The raid cockroach bowl. 
Oh, boy. I hate all of this. I hate Carolina. I hate the Giants. I hate the Saints. We did Chris pretty dirty here, (laughs) Despise the Patriots. I see the problem is I want to take Houston, but like, you know what's going to. Nobody's going to blame you if Houston doesn't hit. We all know the the deal. The logic behind it is they've been close the last two weeks, so this will be the week, but then like they'll just go and get blown out. So, like, reverse. I, I'm reverse engineering it. I'm not. I'm not doing okay, it. Okay, Chris, you want the Rams? No, I do not. I do not the want the Rams. No, that was not going to be one of the teams I was going to take. You know what? You know what? Take I'm going to do it because I I call them frauds. I'll do it for a third time this week. They are frauds. Give me Gardner Minshew and the Philadelphia Eagles plus one eighty five on the money line. There you go, going Chris. Into Dallas and kicking their butt. I feel like it's our best chance we have yet to hit. I really do. All right. I feel like we, we've identified three really right. strong opportunities. Can't wait to go over for three. Uh, so to do the Joe Marino, ten bucks wins you a hundred and twenty-six bucks. I like it. It's draft dudes under okay. moneyline parlay of the week. Moneyline parlay of the still week. Still looking for our first dub of the season. Oh, we didn't start it from the beginning of the year, right though. You know what I mean? It's true. It's yeah. We're like over six. That we 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 started in the middle of the season, but yeah. Uh, Kyle, you have a special project you'd like to present to the group here on a Thursday. I do. We do. Do we want to do that, or do we want to do Christmas movies? I just don't know how you want to space oh, the show. Oh, you know what? Let's Mr. do top Producer. five Christmas movies. Let's do the big board here. Let's have a little fun. That's that's fair. That's fair. I spent a lot of time on this. Oh, wow. Folks. I, I committed decent thought. I spent the last 35 minutes. I spent about 35 minutes on it. I would be shocked if any of my five movies appear on your lists. Really? You don't think there's I, one? Any of yeah, your five I movies. Think I, go, I think I go clean five for five. I'm different than both of you. This ought to be fascinating. All right. Let's do it. Number five. I'll go first since I yeah. talked a big game about none of my movies being on the list. I went with a romantic comedy themed around the Christmas holidays. And for Christmas? And this uh, has a very big time actor who was in a recent Christmas release. I believe it was on Apple TV. He teamed up with Will Ferrell, who might make an appearance on this list a little bit later on. <gasps> Did you do Just Ryan Friends? Reynolds is in this. He, he comes back uh, to his hometown and he's a different person. He's lost you a did bit Just of, Friends. Lost Let's some go. Weight. It is one of the best movies in the rom com genre and it just so happens to be Christmas themed. Just Friends, number five for me on the list here. It's Dusty. Dinkelman. It's, it, it's he skis in his jeans. It's such a great movie. He's Jersey. It's Dusty Dinkelman. Uh, what's her name? Anna Faris is in it, and she's excellent in the role that she plays. The yes, entire movie she does like the Britney Spears, Teeny Bop Pike, Pop who just Icon, has a or whatever. Breakdown is just a, it's just a crazy person. It is just amazing. Highly recommend if you've never seen it. Just friends. I believe it's on Netflix. Um, Chris, you're gonna be. It's pleasantly surprised, I think. Just Friends is on my list at number Let's five go, as well. Dude. Joe, I would highly recommend I you and your like wife I watch have Just seen Friends. This, but it was a long time ago. Uh, coming in at number five from me is 1994's Miracle on 34th Street. Heartwarming story. Lovely Christmas film. The original. I don't think that's the original. Yeah, oh, the, the reboot, not the original. Yeah. You did the original. Okay. Number four for me. It's not number, for me. Number, but number four for me. I mentioned him earlier. Will Ferrell. How can you do a top five Christmas movies list without having Will Ferrell as Elf? Elf, number four for me on the list. Number, Chris, we, we do have overlap. Um, it's not number four for me. Number four for me is... A this the, the tale as old as time, the classic, A Christmas Carol. 
but not any Muppets. Christmas Carol, the Muppets Christmas Carol, because the layers of the Muppets characters put into that, what is it, a template, just adds an entertainment value that is unparalleled for the classic Christmas story. So uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol is number four. As I was thinking list. about your list, I knew there would be a Muppet uh, appearance. Kyle, Kyle's a Muppet guy. Correct. Uh, number Guilty four story. for me, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Uh, love the story. Jim Carrey's phenomenal in that movie. Uh, everything except for when he eats glass, uh, which still gives me some nightmares. But uh, I, big, big fan of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But let me ask you a question. Chris, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to move to number three. So, no, please ask your question. Okay. I just want to ask Joe a question. What is more impressive, the list of characters who have played the Grinch or the list of or the list of actors who have played the Grinch or the list of actors who have played James Bond? What about the list of characters that have played Batman? Yeah. I mean, the, the Grinch is low-key yeah. one of those characters that, like, an A-list actor every five years gets an opportunity. Like, between Jim Carrey during his heyday – and like Benedict Cumberbatch did like the the animated version lately. It's just it's it's always on my radar. Who's the next guy yeah. that's going to get a chance to have his take? Jim on Carrey's the, the one that sticks with me. So, nope. Chris, do you have any of these like seventies or eighties live action? I do, I do not. My next movie. Okay, Joe, do you have any of those? <laughs> Okay, we're all friends here for a reason. My next Please movie, continue. Joe mentioned the, Joe mentioned 1994, right? I believe you mentioned that as a year yeah. that one of your movies came out. 1994, a year one of my movies came out, and it just was uh, repackaged. They did a reboot of it. Not a reboot, but they kind of gave the next version of it. It's on Disney+. Plus. I believe it is in multiple episodes. The original, the OG, the first one, The Santa Claus, number three for me on the list. Strong. Mm. Tim, Tim Allen, Allen. takes oh, over oh, oh. as Santa Claus. Yep. Fantastic. Terrific. Uh, spoiler, Santa Claus is an honorable mention for me, but yeah, my number one's going to bother a lot of people, but it's hard. Right. Oh, it's okay. All right. What you got, Kyle? Number three for you. Number three for me is Elf. Chris already did a nice job of outlining, you know, Will Ferrell, lighthearted, the greatest way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear, uh, the Central Park Rangers, uh, the syrupy, spaghetti that buddy the elf makes the mailroom stuff it's all it's outstanding number three for me i think this will be a unique joe pick but christmas with the cranks comes in at number three i love it man i love that movie uh tim allen who is the christmas goat when it comes to being an actor um it's just great i the move that movie in a lot of ways uh reshaped my own perspective of christmas and um there's that line in there at the very beginning Tim Allen is going in to get some chocolate. Actually, he went into the grocery store to get some chocolate because it, like that. stop. He went into the grocery store to get some chocolate. <laughs> it's pouring down rain and he comes back to his wife in the car. And the wife says, did you get the chocolate? And Tim's like, no, I didn't. Couldn't find it. And she goes, did you ask Michael? And he goes, who's Michael? And she goes, the butcher. And Tim goes, as odd as it may sound, I didn't think to ask the butcher where the chocolate was. I just feel like that's a great moment, great movie. Again, it reshaped my view of Christmas in a lot of ways. Number three for me. I'll have to watch that Very one. Good. I have not seen that one. We are on number two, correct? Yep. Number two. 
We are in the end game Number now. Number two for me is a, a is the first of a of a series of films that I think as a kid because it was the first time that I had seen it was so fun to me because you dream of being this kid in this spot being able to do this and set mm-hmm. all of these booby traps around the house for the, any any mm. intruders that could arise. Give me the OG, the original Home Alone number two for me, top five Christmas movies of all time. Home Alone, honorable oh. mention for me. Did not quite make the cut. Uh, my number two is also in a series of films, but it's a little, little older. Uh, Chevy Chase in the starring role of this film. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, I didn't love it as a kid, but as I've gotten older and I can appreciate like the family dynamic themes and being ahead of a household in the midst of the holidays and what the holiday season means and bringing all the family members together and Uncle Eddie with the shitters full and the RV out in the driveway and it's it's a movie that for me every every season I appreciate it more because I relate more to Clark Griswold. So that's number two for me. Number two for me, Christopher. We have some carryover here. Home Alone is on my list. Uh, one thing that I'll add, I thought you did a really good job of setting the scene for it. One thing that I respect so much about Home Alone is the second one is just as good. And do you realize how hard that is to like? have that conceptually translate again to a movie that you thought was just as good as the original, I think is rare stuff in which you're doing the same thing, right? Like you're doing the same premise where he's left alone. Like that's tough. Like you, you You made it funny again. You really did it. That's fair. And so um, I was just talking to my wife about this earlier. We can't wait until our daughter's like old enough to like watch it for the first time. And we just hope she thinks it's as funny as we did when we watch it for the first time as kids. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yes. Chris, before okay. you go, do you have any additional honorable mentions you would like to shout oh, out? Uh, Just, yeah. uh, maybe we do the airing of the grievances for honorable mentions. and then Charlie Brown Christmas was an honorable mention. The Polar Express was an honorable mention. Those two were two that I considered very strongly, but I felt the need to get Just Friends on there. So, For, for me, Santa Claus, the entire series, even the, the one with Jack Frost towards the end was really good, too. Uh, the Santa Claus. The one with yeah, Martin Short? Good. It was good. Uh I didn't see it's that worth one. It, man. It's worth your time. The, the other honorable mentions that I would include, uh, I really like the Claymation Rudolph. Uh, really, really good. And then, like, the original Frosty the Snowman uh, cartoon is is really good, too, but didn't put them on here. If I would have picked somebody to like the the old school style, like the Claymation ones, Super it would have been man. you. Now, I, I do jive with Yukon Cornelius quite a bit. I'll say that. Um, my honorable mentions list included... A Christmas Story. I know they just did the follow-up to that uh, with the original actor that played the kid. I think that's cool that they didn't try to recast him. They let him re- reprise his role. Uh, Jingle All the Way Solid with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thought about it. Yeah. It's a good one, right? I couldn't put, I couldn't in good earnestness right. put it on here. Uh, how about the animated Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler? I don't I know if you guys it, have seen no. that one. A little bit more of a Hanukkah film, but it's still the holiday season, right? Uh, and then Ernest Saves oh, Christmas was on Oh, good call on Ernest. Let's yeah. go. Ernest Saves Christmas was on my own. You and I have bonded well. over Ernest, and I don't think there's a lot of people out there that like appreciate that as no. <laughs> he was like the weird owl yeah. of movies. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we want every time, or, like eventually they got old, right? <laughs> you could only do so right. many. 
But right. for the, there was a while there that we it was a priority, like we were gonna watch those Ernest movies together as a family. Number so one, number one time, yeah. number one. And I understand the criticism that is gonna come with this selection at number one. I already know what it's gonna be. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, separately of it being a Christmas film. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it is a Christmas film. I will debate anybody until the end of time. Joe wrote it down, and he showed it to me, and he is 100% correct because the number one Christmas movie of all time, in my view, Bruce Willis, Die Hard, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and I don't want to hear, I don't wanna hear that it's not a Christmas movie. Explain yourself. Because Christmas is a central theme to how it all works. It is the central plot point. Okay, just like in Just Friends, Christmas, the central plot point weaving through the story. It's not about, you know, holidays and, and giving stuff out. No, but he's back for the holidays and it leads to all the events. Well, in Die Hard, it's the same thing. The reason why he's out there in the first place at Nakatomi Plaza is because it's the Christmas holiday party uh, for his wife. The reason why there's nobody else in the building is because it's Christmas Eve and because it's a Christmas time and because there's nobody else in the building. They're having the holiday party. That's why it can be robbed. And that's why the, the, it, everything works, because it is a Christmas movie and there are Christmas themes throughout it there's christmas music throughout it it is a christmas film die hard the number one christmas movie of all time joe without getting too far into the weeds did die hard get <laughs> any consideration for you as a christmas i'll film? say this i don't i don't feel like i am passionate about it not being a Christmas movie, but I don't necessarily identify with it being a Christmas movie. So I love the movie, but I don't necessarily include it in this type of banter. Cause, cause if we do, then let's be honest, Rocky four is the best Christmas movie ever. And he fights the Russian on you Christmas Rocky, day. There's a festive setting put, to it. Put Rocky sure, four on there. Presents. Yep. I mean, just, just like Jumanji is my number one Christmas movie because Robin Williams dresses up like Santa Claus at the very end scene of the movie after all the events of I feel like that's more of a stretch than what Joe and I just tried to do, but okay. No, it's Jumanji's my number one Christmas movie. All right, movie all right of all Kyle, time. then you've got your right. number one. We don't need to hear from you Come in at number one. For- <laughs> my, my real number one, I had one in the chamber because I knew it was going to – I knew somebody was going to put Die Hard on here. And, and I – respectfully disagree don't want to open up the can of worms because we got other stuff we need to bad santa if you guys have seen bad santa with uh billy bob thornton and bernie mac uh bernie mac damn adult christmas film uh billy bob thornton is hilarious in the film bernie mac is hilarious in the film uh the kid thurman merman i think his name is can i fix you some sandwiches how much lettuce do you want it's like, I don't know, kid, the regular amount. <laughs> just, um, it is the Christmas movie that I can watch every year and not get fatigued with if it's on again. So because of that, it was my number one spot. Man, I miss Bernie Mac. Damn, that was... It's yeah, a great film, did. didn't he? He did. You can only imagine how much better he was going to get with age, too. You know what I mean? So Right. right. Um, okay, uh, it's... But I will admit I've never seen Bad Santa. Maybe I should watch it. Uh, number one for me is uh, was on both of your lists, uh, but just way too low. Elf. Elf is the ultimate Christmas movie in my mind. I feel like I quote Elf all season long, all season long. I, I mean, if you see somebody that's like, anytime I see a sign that's like, number one or, or world's best whatever, I walk in that establishment in my head and I say, congratulations, everybody, you, you did, did it. it. World's best cup of coffee, six inch ribbon curls. 
I, I mean, everything in that movie I use all the time. I, every time that I have an interaction with somebody where it's like I interact with them and then I have to go back and interact with them very quickly, I always say, see you again in five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things that I weave into my own life based on Elf. It's, it's, um, it's everything. I love it so much. Finish that Greenway. The children love the books. I love that movie, number one all time for me, uh, by a long shot when it comes to Christmas movies. I will tell you, Joe. I have, I have very similar stories where I quote that movie uh, oh, with my girl with my girlfriend's daughter. She loves when I because yeah. I will go into the bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. Like I'll do that. She loves that quote. and we've dad. never had There's just a lot of fun quotes song. you can take from that film. Famous song. I'm here now. I found you. And guess I love what? You. I love you. I love you. Come on, man. The first time I watched well, that, that was funnier than well, Home Alone. So good, man. Was there any film that had it made the list, somebody would have caught hands? Man, that's I a- mean, I thought I was going to with like, Die Hard there- number one, and I, I think just at an abundance well, of caution, you just are choosing not to. <laughs> it's a good response, Chris. No, I mean, it's I know it's a super polarizing thing, and I respect the other people's point of view that that choose to classify it as a Christmas film, but so it's I I came in obviously I had a rebuttal loaded in the chamber for when Die Hard came up. So I was mentally prepared for Die Hard to be on the list. So I wasn't more like a, just a bad Christmas film, I guess. It's, I think there's there's two Christmas movies, and, and I th- they both came up today, where, like, I'm a big let people like things. Like, if that's your, your cup of tea, it's your cup of tea. But there's two that I just mm-hmm. I've never vibed with. One of them is the Polar Express. Like, I've just never connected with, with that whole story. It seems slow. It seems quiet. It seems dark. I don't know. It just... It, Right, the the kids come in the middle of the night and they get on Man, the train yeah, and go to the North Pole. It doesn't doesn't connect with me. The other one is is honestly, Kyle, it's a Christmas story, where like I think there's wow. funny moments in there, but it just feels so like just the way that that narration goes throughout the the movie. It's just like it's just very like dry and okay. it lacks it lacks enthusiasm, and I don't know, I can't connect with it. The one for me would have been if anyone had a Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas. I hate that movie. Like, and I, if you like it, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to be sad with you. But with Chris and Joe, I'd have been oh. stunned if either of you had it on, and I would have, I would have been you real upset if either one of you had it on. With me on that one, my wife. These are all movies my wife loves: Polar Express, Christmas Story. What What is that one you just said? Uh, Nightmare Before <laughs> uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Can I Can I share a take amongst friends here? Everybody. Gets well, just keep in mind, thousands of people will also right. hear this amongst friends. So, right. Listen, I. I take the Joe approach. You can like what you like, right? And I understand why people like this. It's just not for me. And, like, I love a good old-school black-and-white film, so that that has nothing to do with this part of it. It's a wonderful life. It doesn't really do anything for me. It just doesn't. It's fair. It's fair. Like, I get it, and I live your life, but, like, just doesn't do it for me. There's a bit in the season finale of rick and morty speaking of letting people like things right joe uh because i know you and i do not see eye to eye on rick and morty, like it. but the it's a christmas themed episode and the dad uh gets a dvd extended version of miracle on 34th street that's like three hours longer than the theatrical cut which is just him going street by street and avenue by <laughs> avenue 
looking for miracles, right? <laughs> and it, it's so they cut like intermittently throughout the course of the 30 minute episode, like every three minutes, they cut back to the family sitting on the couch and then it cuts to the TV and it's the main character hanging on the street, same street sign as he was before with just different numbers on it. It's like, oh, now we're on 112th Street. There's so many streets and so many avenues and miracles everywhere. It's amazing. And then like three minutes go by on the plot. They come back and it's the same thing. So uh, that one for me, Miracle on 34th Street, um, is one that I just haven't got on the same wavelength with. So I enjoyed that bit from Rick and Morty. Kyle, the show, the show belongs time. to you now, my friend. Pro Bowl time. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen for those of us oh, here in the recording studio. I've also never seen this. Hold on yeah, to that, your butts. That's, that's a good quote. Jurassic Park. So you guys should be able to see AFC quarterbacks All and lines. running backs that it's received low, right? votes. Hey, wow, this worked This worked better than I thought it was going to. Here yeah. we are. Look, Look at, at that. Kyle. You knew Kyle would organize a spreadsheet as good as anyone out there. Uh, no, it wasn't the spreadsheet I was worried about. It was the technology in Kyle that, had, this, a, the that, technology. that had an issue with. We have the technology. <laughs> All right. So we polled the entire company of TDN. And we said we would love your Pro Bowl ballots. We need X number of players at positions a b c x y and z one two three four five six seven eight on both the afc and the nfc side of things here's the deal if the player was listed first say quarterbacks we needed three quarterbacks for both the afc and the nfc if the quarterback was listed first they got three points if they were listed second they got two points and if they were listed third they got one point so the assumption that was made was the order in which you write them down is the order in which they come to your mind. So it's effectively like a baby big board, right? So it kind of works out well. We're doing big boards in more ways than one here uh, on this Thursday episode of the show. And the NFL put out their Pro Bowl rosters last night. We have not seen those, but we did ours beforehand. So I could tell you the four quarterbacks in the AFC that received votes for the Pro Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, first place with 23 points. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, second place with 16 points. And Joe Burrow, third place with eight points. The only other player to receive a vote was from yours truly, Kyle Krabs. Gave a third place vote to Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, he finished in fourth place with one point. So the three qualifying, and I'm using air quotes, quarterbacks in the AFC, according to TDN staff, uh, pulled across nine employees is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe. I am stunned that not one single person listed Herbert. No, Justin Herbert. <laughs> you can only pick three, so it's hard. But nobody? Well, for, I guess from a – these are largely performance and statistical performance accolades, yeah. right? And you understand that Justin Herbert has played this season without a lot of his top weapons for a lot of games and a lot of his linemen. So the production, I would say he's probably fifth on the list from a production standpoint. And this is not what order would you like sure, to start right. a franchise it's with the these guys. It's, it's more of the yeah. vacuum of their, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was the only person who did not vote for Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow in some order. And I put Mahomes, Allen, Tonga Valoa, top three. You yes. ready for running back? Uh, this was chalk until Brentley Weissman yeah, came okay, in like I a see, wrecking ball at the very yeah. end. And and rightly yeah. deserved. This is a great vote by Brentley to give Austin it is a great some shouts. Vote. I'm surprised more people didn't do this. 
Uh, it was lar- it was chalked through the first eight employees, and then Brentley provided his his ballot. Uh, Josh Jacobs first place, twenty four points. Derrick Henry second place with fifteen points. Nick Chubb third place with eight points. Uh, Austin Eckler in fourth place with one point. Largely the same vote distribution as the quarterbacks, just obviously different players. So Jacobs, Henry, and Chubb, you're qualifying Pro Bowl players according to TDN. So, TDN's so far, I've gotten exactly everything I voted for. We're, we're just scratching well, the surface, though. We're ready to go to wide receiver. We open things up a little bit here. We had four qualifying wide receivers. They are Tyreek Hill, first place with 32 points. He was first in all nine ballots. Stephon Diggs, second place. He was second in all nine ballots. Devontae Adams, third with 11 points. Jalen Waddell, fourth place with nine points. That is the last of the four qualifying receivers. Also receiving votes, Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson. I don't have any gripes here. I mean, it's the four guys that I voted for, so... So three for three for you, Joe. Yeah, everything's exactly how I saw it so far. Chris, any surprises for you? I know you're seeing this for the first I time. I mean, I would as just well. like to shake the hand of the person who gave Garrett Wilson some love because it was it not wasn't me. you. It wasn't you. Wow. Tight ends. Come on, there's all AFC. Yeah, all right. We had two, two yep, qualifying this, this, tight this tracks. ends. This tracks. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, first place, unanimous first place vote. Mark Andrews, second place with seven points. Pat Fryermuth of Pittsburgh received one second place vote. He finished in third, but did not qualify with one point. There is a position, however, that was unanimous across all nine people with the first and second place finishers. Do you guys have any guesses on what that is? Wide receiver, wide receiver in the AFC. No. Unanimous. People had Jalen Waddle and we said first and second. Or place people vote. had Jamar Chase. You said first and second place. There were only two players that qualified, so it's a position that uh, only had two. But like everybody across all nine had the the same two names on their ballot, so the entirety of their ballot at that position was the same. I kind of whittled the field down by telling you there were only two two names submitted. Uh, AFC offensive lineman. We'll do the whole offensive line. Offensive tackles, Laramie Tunsil and Toronto Armstead tied for first at tackle with 18 points. Ronnie Stanley third with six points. Just missing was Colton Miller. Morgan Moses also received a uh, third place vote. Joel Betonio, Joe Thune, and Michael Unwenu, your mm. qualifying guards. There was a pretty comfortable tier, and then things really opened up beneath mm. it. Joe, yeah, I guess here? I'm I, I struggled with guard a lot. It mostly because I Batonio was the obvious, Onwenyo was yep. pretty obvious for me, and then it was like which Kansas City guard do I put in? I went with Trey Smith. And you put Trey I Smith did, in. Yeah. yeah. So I was surprised to see Tooney get double the points as Smith here. So that was my reaction there. Yep. So uh, Batonio with 16, Tooney and Unwenu with eight, and then Trey Smith with four. Quentin Nelson got a third place vote, was but was not on any other ballot. Uh, Wyatt Teller got a first place vote, but was not on any other ballot. Ben Powers on two v- ballots, Robert Hunt on two ballots, and Kevin Zeitler. Like, whoever voted for Nelson and Teller, those were legacy votes there because they're not having Pro Bowl seasons, especially stacked up with these other guys. Center, Creed Humphrey. First place on all, my all the colleagues. ballots. 
Corey. What is this? Corey Lindsley got three second place votes. That was enough to put him as the second qualifying center. Connor Williams, Tyler Linderbaum, David Andrews, and Ben Jones also received votes. Kyle, what what happened? Here? Yes. I what mean, Creed me Humphrey was obviously one of them, but like my vote was for Connor Williams. And I thought the only other player that really was in consideration for me was Ben Jones. And it's not that those other guys didn't. Corey, Lin- Corey Lindsley's had yeah, a nice like, year. I, that I'll was the guy one I thing voted that for. I valued a lot. And I know that everyone has different criteria. I valued availability. So if you've, if you've been there for like, we've, we submitted these votes yesterday. So we had, you know, 14 games. If you didn't, if you were an offensive lineman and it was close, I picked the guy that started every game over the guy that started 11 or 10. And so that's what put me into Connor Williams. Okay. I don't know why I care that much about okay. this, but I do. I guess the thing for me was Corey, Corey Lindsley missed two games, but he's been and, back well, for two look games. Look at Connor Williams also, not that I need to be this guy to defend him. Well, the left guard situation has been a shit show all year long for Miami, and I recently yep, learned that right. this man's making the protection calls for one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. And he's playing the position for the first time in his career. You know what I struggle with? I gave Robert... I gave Teron Armstead and I gave Robert Hunt votes. I really struggle with giving three Miami Dolphins offensive linemen a Pro Bowl. Yeah, but I think that... So I I voted for Robert Jones over Connor Williams, effectively is what I did. And then I voted for Lindsley at center and overlooked the fact that he missed two games. I I respect where you're coming from, but I think you can... I didn't vote for Robert Jones. I I, I thought about it. Or excuse me, I didn't vote for Bob Hunt. I thought about him. But to, to me, it's just that speaks more to you can't have two tomato cans on your offensive line, even if you have three really right. good players. Chris, print the shirts. I saw your reaction there. You can't have two tomato cans. You can cans. only have one tomato can. <laughs> two is too many. Right. You can scheme around one tomato, especially when we have one on both right. sides of the line. Right. right. All right. I'm, I'm okay. Defensively. For now. Here we go. I'm going to be defensive lineman. Upset. There's going to be some upset people, I think, here in a second. So, um, the only the honorable mentions only received one third place vote across both the defensive ends and the defensive tackles. Uh, Miles Garrett, 21 points. Matthew Judon, 17 points. Max Crosby, 12 points. Quinnen Williams, 20 points. Chris, you don't have to be upset. I, Chris I Jones, can. 19 points. I could be upset at both of you Jeffrey because I see Simmons, your two ballots, and you eight points. both didn't have Quinnen Williams number one. No. You're right. I, I had Chris Jones number one and Williams, Quinnen Williams number two. I provided him plenty of respect. In my defense, I didn't know the order mattered. Joseph. Joseph. But I thought there was What's one. Cool? I don't. Subli- subliminally, order does matter. Because whatever order you write them down is the most readily available players you think is qualify. It, for you. I, I wouldn't say that's true for me. I didn't plan on yes. I didn't plan on letting that out of the bag until Chris uh, <laughs> yeah, gave you a hard time. Well, I, can, I know which column is Joe's, and I know which column is Kyle's on the spreadsheet Doesn't, now. Quinn Quinn and Williams still finished in first place. Right, it doesn't matter. You two, you two almost sent it to you know, and, and not that it changes oh, the voting, oh. but but my that I actually voted for for uh, Cameron Hayward as one of my interior defensive linemen, and I don't see him reflected on this. Yeah, you know what? I don't so know why that, he's not on here. So he received one third place. It doesn't change anything. But I he he was my third place vote. So I had Williams, Jones, and in, in uh, Hayward. And then I struggled not leave. It, Simmons was the guy. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I don't have a spot for him. That hurt me. Nope, I didn't want to do that. 
Uh, honorable mentions on both the defensive line spots were Alex Highsmith, Pittsburgh Steelers, Jalen Phillips, Miami Dolphins, Justin Houston, Baltimore Ravens, Cameron Hayward. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, I'm updating the list because when we're done recording this podcast, we're going to go into the staff meeting and do this, go over this at some point. Are we well. going to get so, through the detail? Are we going to get through everything? Yeah, we, we are. 10 minutes we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do it. Linebackers, Nick Bolton, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Jermaine Pratt, your qualifying linebackers. I would say the first three were safe. Uh, Roquan Smith pushed Jermaine Pratt for the fourth spot. Uh, also receiving votes, Boisado Lacoon, Patrick Queen, Logan Wilson, Zaire Franklin, and Bobby Okariki. Foyer was a good, uh, good vote for somebody. I didn't pick him, but I, I thought about him. That was a good vote. Logan Wilson, also a good vote. Uh, real quick, you can see uh, this column here on the right-hand side only had two votes in linebackers because they put a couple edge guys mm-hmm. in their linebacker. So they, they took advantage of the ambiguity of linebackers <laughs> versus edge guys. So uh, defensive backs, qualifying defensive backs, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Patrick Sertain, Marlon Humphrey, Stephon Gilmore, Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, your qualifying AFC Pro Bowl DBs. Also receiving votes, Derwin or uh, Legarius Need, Jack Jones, Kevin Byer, Javon Holland, and Jordan Poyer, plus Marcus Williams. Um, I would say your tier one guys at each spot were Gardner and Sertain. Um, they were largely first or second across most ballots. And then Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick were uh, comfortably the two common themes across the ballots. And then Simmons and the rest of the safeties were kind of cross-pollinated. Who's column I? I got to know. Who's column I? <laughs> they didn't know. have Sauce as number one. Had Chris so- is no, not had having Sauce it. fourth. You know what? Had Sauce fourth. Barely qualified in their mind. Three but better corners. he also voted for them as Sauce Garner as a qualifying Just saying. Just, just, just disrespectful. I like the record to state I had certaining guards uh, since one and two. No, Joe, you had the correct order. You had sauce one, certain two. We might have the, the column wrong. I'm going to have to go back and cross-check <laughs> the columns. Oh, boy. But the, pro- the the votes were all tallied as I received them. So I can tell you that the the votes themselves are high integrity. NFC side, uh, actually Please. a lie. We have specialists. Justin Tucker, Ryan Stonehouse, Marcus Jones. Y'all just vote for qualifying Justin Tucker specialists. on name alone. You're right. Okay. I don't care that he missed a kick last week. How about the guy that has three game-winning field goals? No. If you think Tyler Bass was going to get a vote from yours truly <laughs> after this past weekend, you have a rude awakening, my friend. Made the kick. Yeah, rude awakening. Man, who voted for So much so you're the only yeah, person that my voted. colleagues. And I'm not like I'm Bass. not like Homer Lens. The guy has three game-winning field goals this year. Leads okay. the NFL in scoring. I'm pretty sure as well. I don't know what more do you want him to do. Okay. Oh, oh. sir, he plays for the Bills. They score 40 points a game. Of course, he's going to lead the league in scoring. The number one scoring offense. <laughs> pretty close. What is happening? NFC quarterbacks. What's Jalen Hurts. Punter vote. Tommy Townsend is clearly the best punter in the AFC this year. Going with Ryan Stonehouse because of the sexiness of it. My colleagues. Correct. 
you're you're correct. Man, Marcus bombs. I kind of feel bad. I, when I, I I feel bad for my special teams votes. I didn't even think about returners. I thought about like guys covering kicks and punts because Marcus Jones was clearly the right choice for. I was one. I was wondering why Justin Hardy like, became. Because I your... thought he was amazing at covering kicks and punts all year. He's from the Jets. Joe, I believe that is your column. Which everyone has Justin Hardy's K. mind. <laughs> I never thought about the returners. I'm a jerk. Christ, your column. I got it. I figured it out. Your column, Jay, for Joe, fittingly. Okay. Uh, NFC quarterbacks. This could be interesting. Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, your qualifiers. Jared Goff just missed. Justin Fields That's just tight, huh? missed. Wow. I think beyond Jalen Hurts, the a, the NFC quarterbacks discussion is fascinating. I think all four of those names have a very yeah, compelling I case agree. for two spots. I agree. But Joe, once again, got all three of the I ones did. that he voted yeah. for in. Uh, running backs, Chris is like, I'm going to stay quiet because we only have a few minutes left, and I want to make sure we get to it. So <laughs> thumbs I'm not are up. To the conversation. <laughs> got the thumbs up. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, and Miles Sanders were the two that also received votes. Fun fact, we had a three-place tie for third place. The player who received the most votes across ballots was Christian McCaffrey of the three, McCaffrey, Pollard, and Sanders. He was on four ballots versus three for Pollard and Sanders. So he got the nod and was the third running back. Barkley, Cook, McCaffrey, your three NFC Pro Bowl running backs. I know I, I voted for, for Sanders, but I understand it. I felt bad leaving yeah. Sanders off. McCaffrey's plenty deserving as well, especially when you consider the pass catching. I was surprised to see Tony Pollard got a first place boat. Yeah, that's interesting. He's a good player. <laughs> Joe I mean, I like Tony. Me. You guys know I like Tony <laughs> Pollard, but I mean, let's be real here. Uh, Wide receivers. Haters Kyle. in the NFC. Haters on the staff here. Justin Jefferson, first place, unanimous first place player. AJ Brown, second place. He was second place on all but one ballot. Terry McLaurin, third place with 10 points. CD Lamb, fourth place with seven points. Uh, honorable mentions were Amon Ross St. Brown, that was on four ballots. Brandon Ayuk and Tyler Lott. St. Brown got robbed here. Robbed. You don't got to look at me. St. Brown was on my ballot Man, as well. Dude. Over over CD Lamb. Okay, I can't stand by. I know. I know we're trying to keep this moving here. This is this is disrespectful to Amon Ross St. Brown. If I would have known the order, I'd have put him ahead of Lamb. Well, that would not have changed it. They would be tied. tied, and then it would go to ballots, and. They both have four, and they would both have two and two. So we would go to a runoff. So maybe we'll do that on the staff meeting. Uh, seniority of staff. Yeah. Oh, sen- seniority. Joe Marino says I'm a co-founder. Right. Of this two company. co-founders <laughs> voted for him. He's in. I'm a Ross St. Brown's going on the promo right. list. Yeah. I will not have it. Tight ends. TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle, your two qualifying players. Uh, Dallas Goder received two second place about Goder, but I went with Hawkinson and Kittle here. It's you said, you know, penalizing guys for injuries makes sense. Go to miss the last month. So makes sense. Checks out. Uh, NFC offensive linemen qualifying tackles. We had a tie for third place on tackles. Um, They split the votes evenly. So we have four tackles to work with. Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Tristan Wirfs, Christian Derisaw. 
were qualifying tackles. Also receiving votes, Andrew Thomas, Penny Sewell, Ryan Ramchek. Guards, Chris Lindstrom, Zach Martin, Isaac Samalu were your qualifying guards in the NFC. Also receiving votes, Tevin Jenkins, Jonah Jackson, Elkton Jenkins, and Austin Corbett. And then at center, this was unanimous. <laughs> Those <are> the guys. <laughs> for all the ballots. Jason Kelsey and Frank Ragnall. Kelsey first on everybody's ballot. Ragnall second on everybody's ballot. No honorable mention. I think the staff did a good job here at tackle. A lot of very deserving players, and I thought we did a good job of identifying all of them. Williams, Johnson, Worfs, Derisaw, Thomas, Sewell, Ramchek, all very deserving. Well, and as you read these left to right, it's the order that I got them in. So you can imagine my surprise when through three ballots, Lane Johnson had one third place votes, and that oh was Oh, my God. It. Yeah, it took care of itself. Who, yeah. wait, well, no, no, well, I'll it'll... tell you why. Probably some of these are from Giants and Commanders fans on the staff, and they're I, I can yeah. confirm that we got ballots from uh, Rob Juden and from Ryan Fowler. Okay, all right. Well, let's see. So Trent Williams, dominant, 20 points. Lane Johnson was second with eight, and then the tie was with six. Andrew Thomas with four just missed. So uh, that is offensive line. Uh, your defensive line, uh, there's some more ambiguity between – Linebackers and edge players, so just know the ballot on the right-hand side has multiple players getting maximum amount of points, but that's because one of them was listed as a defensive end, one of them was listed as a linebacker. Uh, Micah Parsons, 21 points. Nick Bosa, 18 points. Zadarius Smith qualified with six points as the third-place finisher, so he's a Pro Bowl player according to our ballot. Uh, honorable mentions were Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns for your edge players. Uh, your defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen and Javon Hargrave, tied with 15 points. Uh, Dexter Lawrence versus uh, Deron Payne. Dexter Lawrence, they, they both finished with seven points. Dexter Lawrence had a first-place vote, uh, so the tiebreaker goes to yeah, him. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, excellent. Yeah. He's been excellent this year. Uh, he was on my ballot as well. Uh, so Deron Payne, J.J. Watt, Derek Brown, Fletcher Cox, honorable mentions. Fletcher Cox. Some some legacy, legacy vote. votes on here. These guys are legacy here for me vote. in the staff meeting. I'm glad you're prepped. Yeah, I'm then. ready. Let's get through. We'll get through linebackers. And oh, just Chris. keep going. Yes. We got this. We wee got woo. Wee woo. Whoa, gosh. What's the wee woo? The Colts are starting Nick Foles at quarterback for Monday oh. night's game versus the Los Angeles. <laughs> Reddit knew it. Yeah. Reddit. I did knew share it. this with you guys on, on, in a pre-show meeting that there was somebody on Reddit in the NFL subreddit that just randomly was like, "Hey, the Colts are starting Nick Foles on." Monday, and it was like, wow, that's really random for you to just drop in here randomly. Yeah, he knew. So that that was two bits of breaking news that were broken during yesterday's pre-production. Yes. The other one, the other one has not been publicly announced yet, but it has to do with primetime games. Yes, we, we just leave it at that, please. Yes. Right, let's yeah. I don't. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Linebackers in the NFC. Are you ready for a wild ride? Uh, I guess so. Even though I. Are you ready for a wild ride? Okay, just do it. Fred Warner okay. first, 26 this is the guys points. I voted for. Bobby Bobby Wagner, no, I'm not talking okay. to you. Because it's the same four guys that I voted right. for as well. Bobby Wagner second with 15, Dre Greenlaw third with 10, TJ Edwards Philadelphia Eagles Pro Bowl player. Stop under Drafting these unathletic Wisconsin linebackers. They're smart as hell. They know how to yeah, play the boy, game. Man, that's a big, he's been so good. He's hurt for the year, but 
Sanborn and Edwards both went undrafted, yeah. dude, because they're run four seven at Mike linebacker. Like, who cares? Anywho, your honorable mentions. I'm gonna be mad, aren't I? What's going on? Demario what? Davis. Oh God. Uchenin Wosu, more of an edge guy. Jordan Brooks, Rayshon Evans, Levante David, and Alex Anzalone. Honorable Man, mentions. We got the right with the I right four. Got the ride. got the. We we got the right four in. I agree. Uh, DBs, Darius Slay, Tariq Woolen, Jair Alexander, Patrick Peterson. Comfortably, your four qualifying corners. Honorable mentions were Trayvon Diggs, Javarius Ward, James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, J.C. Horn, and Jamel Dean. Safeties: Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Talanoa Hofunga, and Harrison Smith were your qualifying safeties. Also receiving votes, honorable mentions included Buda Baker, Tyron Matthew, Eddie Jackson, Quandre Diggs. Uh, Derek Forrest, Ant Holmanfield Jr., and Ryan Neal. Joe, good vote on Ryan Neal. I appreciate yeah, you putting him in third you. place there. It was a good vote. Uh, specialist Jason Myers at kicker. We had a three-way tie at punter <laughs> between Johnny Hecker, Tress Way, and Michael Dixon. And they all got two votes, two first-place votes. You only had one vote. And then Kenny and Wangu, uh, the Minnesota Vikings yeah, returner. Uh, was your special teams player. Joe Marino and Kyle Kraz both voted for Jeremy Reeves, special teamer Monster. out of the Washington Commanders. He's an excellent football player, man. Um, was your honorable mention in addition to Khalif Raymond of the Detroit Lions? Well, this was fun. Those are your Pro Bowl players, according to the TDN staff. Well, well. There will be bones that are picked. Believe you me. Wanted to give everybody a chance to, to hear what our process resulted in. And I'm assuming we will be dropping our list out in front of the NFL dropping their list uh, last night at 8 p.m. So kind of a look inside how we view it before the NFL reveals how they feel about it. What a fun here on the show. It was fun. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Chris Schubert, thanks for friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Thanks all of you for checking out the podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We will talk with you all again soon. Make sure you hit subscribe, follow along. We're here with you the rest of the way and all season long. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.